Welcome back to Let's Call It Nothing podcast, where we discuss all things fangirl. I'm Caitlin. I'm Peyton. I'm Reba. Reba, you're going to have to talk louder today. Sorry, okay? That's perfect. Thank you. Uh, We're back discussing Fourth Wing. Yes. By Rebecca Yaros. Yes. It's been a minute. Mm-hmm. As we said in last week's episode, talk yes. about pneumonia. The pneumonia hit. Mm-hmm. I think I had the bid. According to my mother, I did. Mm-hmm. She says I gave it to her. And I was like, I didn't feel that bad. You never do. You know what's funny? I got the bronchitis before I think I got the flu. And then I got pneumonia because I had the You're flu. You're just like all one go. Yeah. Because I got... Uh, Your immune system is like dancing right now. Yeah. It's like, yay. I won't get sick for another yeah. year. Um, <laughs> well, I've been chowing down on my vitamins mm-hmm. and uh, drinking my emergency. So I'm like, I try to eat decent for at least one meal a day. So Speaking, I, I learned that you could get half price full rotisserie chickens at Kroger around 8 p.m. That's like speaking of, but also just chicken. <laughs> well, I speaking thought of that of- because after 8 p.m., around around that time just because they gotta get rid of them so it's yeah. typically eight dot well if you come back the next day they're full price again same ones i'm pretty sure based on what i heard nasty they're just trying to sell them yeah but yeah i get an eight dollar one for four dollars and then i you went to kroger after 8 p.m around 8 p.m to i believe live the life i believe kroger's are closer to, to be her. a city gal yeah. it's not that close across town yeah oh i used to go there all the time it was close to me my senior year gotcha i don't know i haven't been to her city in a while so yeah if you guys need to come <laughs> my my be boyfriend like, hey was- can on this weekend can y'all come over here and we'll be like okay the thing is that like i don't know if we could come like on a friday mm-hmm. you know because mm-hmm. it would be like after peyton got off of work mm-hmm. And we have to drive up, like both of us will have to meet up and drive over there. Mm-hmm. I know you have to come over here after work and drive over here. I know that, but you are one person. <laughs> and we ha- only have one brain cell together. So, yeah. <laughs> and two the If microphone. I'm driving and I'm driving in the dark, that's a whole other experience. Yes. And we both have astigmatism. I yeah. do too. Yeah, but you but actually take saying, care of yours. Like, <laughs> I'm fine if you're just like, hey, on this weekend, can we do it? And- I'm completely, I want to get out of this freaking town every once in a while. That's an excuse. I think I said that in last night's episode. I was like, Reba, let's come over to That is the last time I went was uh, when we recorded an episode of the podcast at Reba's house yeah. apartment. And uh, yeah, Alex asked me, uh, he's like, do you go to insert university's uh, town here? And I said, I've been a couple of times. And he's like, define a couple of times. And I was like, well, I've been to ball games over there. And yeah. my friends lived over there. I was like, I didn't live there like you did for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he just there for four years. Yeah. I like that town. Like, I like, I like the vibe. I like the bookstore. Mm-hmm. The bookstore. And that has multiple chains that are all. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not chains. It's just expansions because it's only it's still an indie bookstore because it's only in that one area um i don't think i've been i don't since 20 whenever i did alumni band it Mm -hmm. was 2021 i think november that year the last time we went it was around this time of year we went over to reba's apartment and i had king cake vodka and coffee so that was not around this time of the year that was in the middle of the summer Then why did we have... Oh, I was just assuming because it was King Cake Vodka. You just found King Cake Vodka. Yeah, I was thinking... Like, this sounds good. Today's 
like no, it, it was in summer. You're right. Now that you say that, I remember. <laughs> but I'm saying I was just assuming because it's king cake season now. Tis the season for king cake. Yeah, I'm waiting for mom. I need to make one. Mom with all of her Cajun blood. <laughs> <laughs> all zero percent. The thing is, like, if you're from Louisiana, uh-huh. you, like, still abide by, like, Mardi Gras and mm-hmm. everything is still a thing for you. Mm-hmm. And I love that, like, culturally. I think that's so much fun. It is. Like, I'm not like that because I'm not from there. Mm-hmm. But... I'm cool with it. I'm like... I still do Lent and stuff. Yeah. I don't do it uh, the Catholic way. I do it more of the Methodist way, but I do I do enjoy well, Lent. I grew up Methodist, so like Lent was just like... A, like It mm-hmm. wasn't even that. Yeah, it wasn't the culture. It was yeah. just like you did that. I enjoy it. Um, I enjoy king cakes and beads. I don't like getting the baby. I always get the baby. I'm That's like, the good look. No, it's that you bring the next king cake. I'm like, you're funny. Because, like, there's nowhere good to get them around here. There is. Maybe there's a couple of bakeries. There is one coffee shop in t- t- in that area. There is uh, one coffee shop that has a, has a chain, ha- does have a chain with another, with another uh, insert college town here. So... <laughs> <laughs> I remember whenever I was student teacher, uh, one of the kids' parents brought in king cake, and like everyone was so excited. And I was like, "This is disgusting!" Because it was from Kroger, and yeah. I was like, "Okay, grocery store king cakes, not it, not so, it." So we were down in Louisiana. This for, episode's already unhinged. Yeah, we were down in Louisiana for uh, my aunt Betty's birthday, and my my cousin she's like a second cousin, so I had to think about it because she's in her fifties. She bought a. Uh, a king cake from a store and they didn't even have it like in a bakery sheet thing like in mm-hmm. the in the box like it had holes in it so it dried out oh, before oh. you could even eat it yeah. and I was like this isn't right yeah. and she's like you would think and I was like mm, no you gotta you gotta get it from the right places yeah. my mom she buys like a box mix mm-hmm. and it's a lot of work yeah I made make it, it I've yeah. made it from scratch before um it's 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 a it's a process because i i mean i mm-hmm. made it from scratch but it's i like making dough any kind of dough is i'm wondering because she has a box mix right now and i'm wondering because she needs space to do it mm-hmm. and she doesn't have a table so i'm like you gonna know this on the floor yeah i'm wondering how to, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna ask her about that next time yeah. i'll see her is there a coffee table in which you can make there cake? is a coffee table um, it's on a rug though yeah i need to make a king cake before the season's over with i'm so excited i love king cakes the cajun blood it's the cajun blood <laughs> that i have actually not that much. i don't have i don't have as much as you would think but i do have it <coughs> anyway yeah tangent aside i don't know where that came from who knows how we started how we got here <laughs> In the words of Haley Williams in that one song, how do we get here? Uh, we're talking about fourth wing. Yes, we so, are. <laughs> last time we stopped in the middle of chapter 22 because it's a long ass chapter. And we were exhausted and it was a long ass episode. And uh, we didn't have the forethought to be like, hey, we do plan on taking a at least a month break but here we are yeah back in the middle of it also i want to point out uh i have a theory because i've been writing these notes for half this book and so can i just say rebecca yaros makes such long chapters and there's big gaps in between mm-hmm. like the longest chapters there's big gaps and you i'm just, like, like cut it like 
she's got the little space i was like why can't that just be a chapter and then it hurt and then it hit me oh it's because she doesn't have enough she doesn't have the time nor energy to put the quotes in for each chapter if she does it that way there's a couple that don't have any quotes like it'd be something that you would notice but Mm -hmm. but there are a couple i believe maybe it's in this one maybe it's an iron flame but i know there are Mm -hmm. because you know that was that became a thing i looked at yeah shockingly i was like "Ooh, the epigraph Uh where is it (laughs) but i was like really because there's like big chunks and so i'm sitting there writing the notes and it's taking forever like it takes an hour to write one One chapter chapter, of notes like that is how long and usually i can get like maybe three chapters like when we were doing akatar it was like maybe Mm -hmm. i could get three chapters in in an hour i think just peyton and i were talking about it yesterday just like Rebecca Yaros is new to fantasy. Mm-hmm. So there are going to be these flaws that we see mm-hmm. that, you know, if you are comparing her to like Sarah J. Mass, mm-hmm. who like strictly has written, yeah, like that's her forte. That like, it's comparing apples and oranges, truly. It really is. <laughs> I think I'm trying to give Rebecca as much grace as possible. I'm hoping it grows Mm -hmm. and she becomes more developed as a fantasy writer Mm -hmm. and it's not just like oh my books are so popular I don't have to try as hard I don't have to put forth the effort yeah and we need a lot more effort but like (laughs) I truly think after like seeing her post about starting book three and she has stated I wrote book one and or at least the second book kind of fast like i want to take my time with book three i think she recognizes like some of the flaws great i think she recognizes some of the flaws to the point where like hopefully Mm -hmm. you know her taking the time Mm -hmm. and her hopefully working with some better editors and such yeah will uh help that hopefully she sees you know not like i have these flaws but i have room to grow yeah um despite having written 20 books but 20 books of a different genre also just see and we'll get into it we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get into it we'll get into it might as well start with where we never will Peyton and i had a whole other discussion about it all last night so. yeah it'll probably get brought up today okay i'm just gonna do the recap who me i mean i can do it i'll do it just because that's you always I mean, ask it's me on Peyton. my page you said Peyton what <laughs> what happened last time no but I added stuff to this okay do you want to do it I'll do it okay okay so we are currently in the middle of chapter 22 as we stated Violet is a target constantly Zayden is trying to keep her alive and has assigned her a bodyguard Mr. Liam while practicing sparring Violet and Rhiannon are definitely not objectifying their wing leader Jack is trying to be big and bad and challenge Violet he also doesn't want anything to do with oranges Violet recalls Jack running during threshing and calls him a coward. Zayden's pissed. She challenged Jack while not wearing her dragon scale vest. Taryn states that Violet held her own and controlled her temper. He and Andarna decide that Violet is ready for her signet power. This is part two of chapter 22. Our our declared part two of this chonky-ass chapter. Later, Violet is in her room readying herself for the night. She's embarrassed about swooning over Zayden in the gym, letting how he looks get to her. Violet's just horny. She's yeah. just horny. That's literally all of fourth wave. She's just, <laughs> she's just a twenty-year-old gal who likes boys. Eventually, <laughs> like my thing is that we don't relate to that. I don't think because whenever we were twenty, that's not like not wasn't huge for us. Well, you and I were both still in the middle of getting a bachelor's degree, so age 20 was but i'm a- saying i knew people oh yeah at school who were like this 
I lived with someone my freshman year. I will say age was, 20. like this. Age 20 is the year that I started dating. Yeah. So I was kind of in that realm, not to Violet's extent. So she decides she needs to get laid. Of course, she pauses as a ripple of energy flows through her. Briefly, she considers it to be what happened before, but it feels different than whenever Andorna stopped time. The power continues surging, causing her to crash to the floor <laughs> and, and try to control her breathing. She tries to reach out to Taryn, asking if it's his power. He doesn't answer. She feels to, the need to tell someone, Rhiannon, who would be happy for her and excited for Violet to join Professor Carr's class for the Signet Cadets. I love how she has just like this thing happening. She's like, it's my Signet. It has to be my Signet. It has to be. Mm, okay. <laughs> and you're like, a new feeling enters. Heat settling low in her stomach. She finds it odd and thinks it's just a side effect. It's not. She leaves her room and runs into Liam, who is keeping watch over her. She realizes the new feeling that has overcome her is lust. This is making her look at Liam in a new light. But then, in italics, she declares he's not who she really wants. He is not Zayden. She realizes these are Terrence's feelings and she has to try and get past him. So she tries to get away from everyone. She tells Liam she's okay and runs back to her room only to pull on her coat and flee. Then she comes across Zayden who is leaning against a building and smoking. Violet asks if he's smoking what we're guessing is the world's version of weed. I think it's pretty obvious that, you know. Yeah. I forgot what it's called. Charum. 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 He asks if she wants some. I just like love how he's just like going through it, smoking a joint. Well, you kind of have to in these in <laughs> You these have situations. to, and we'll get to why. He asks if she wants some. Violet tells him that we're not allowed to have that. She's such a rule follower. It's so funny. Zayden points out that people, that the people who made the rule obviously weren't bonded to Tarn and Segal. He explains it helps with distancing yourself on top of shielding. He offers it to Violet again, and she declines. So I don't know if it's stated yet. I know I skipped some. I skipped Peyton's line of to make a long scene short, Violet can feel the heightened emotions of her dragons and Taryn is having marital relations with Segal. Yes. <laughs> because I think like she's slowly realizing it. I, I yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I think we get to Violet tells him she feels like she's on fire. And this part right here is why I can't take them seriously sometimes okay from the book yeah that happens his laugh holds a wicked edge and i make the utterly unforgivable mistake of turning to see him smile zayden while brooding and bossy dangerous and lethal is a toe curling sight that makes my pulse quicken but zayden laughing his head thrown back with a smile curving his mouth is drop dead beautiful my stupid, foolish heart feels like there's a fist around it, squeezing tight. See, that, like, didn't phase me while reading it or listening to it the other mm -hmm. day mm -hmm. because I read so much romance. Yeah. But, like, romanticy, I don't know. Like, there's a balance to it. Mm -hmm. And once again, I'm blaming it on just who Violet is. Yeah. So that's why I'm just like, okay. It just, it kills me. I can't me. compare her to, like, Aelin or Farah mm -hmm. or Bryce. They'll make... Because those characters will be like... They have priorities. <laughs> yeah, they have priorities. Well, I, I think Feyre has, like, the less amount. Mm -hmm. But she's also like, he's beautiful, but I got going on. Yeah. So... Aelin's like, I'm hiding from him. <laughs> Bryce is like... Doo -doo 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 -doo. I'm also hiding I'm going through <laughs> I'm going through 
and I'm hiding from him. It's all right. He's probably hiding it from me too. He's definitely hiding it from me. I love it. Love it so much. Anyway, I don't know. It's just when you get these scenes, it feels so like cartoonish, I guess, when it's supposed to be like a real sh- going on he's got beautiful cheekbones yeah. like takes you, like out of the action for a minute yeah like, okay. then what this scene is first off what it's leading into and second off what's actually happening and yeah. why they are going through this like mm-hmm. it it does fit in a kind of way because she's already she's already feeling lusty so she would be thinking yeah. like oh and it would be fine if this is just the one moment that it happens but it happens throughout the book it happens all the way in, through in the book dire situations <laughs> and you're like violet priorities <laughs> I know you're not that bright, even though people think you are. You're like, use the other half of your brain cell. <laughs> I don't know why. Lusting after Zeta. I don't know why anybody's like, oh, she is so smart. Because everyone in the book is, you know. They're telling, not showing. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if, like, Violet is smarter than Rebecca. I know about writing characters who are smarter than me. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> it's rough, not calling man. Rebecca dumb at all. I'm saying I'm like that, too. And it's hard. It, it makes you more telly than showy. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Violet hopes this is just Tarn's lust talking, but she knows it isn't. She Violet leans against the stone wall, too, standing beside Zayden. Zayden tells her that she is going to have to learn how to shield, or she'll wind up going insane or in someone's bed. Violet says she's well aware. She's scared to see Liam again. Zayden turns to her and asks, why and where was Liam? Violet tells him that Liam's in bed. Zayden asks murderously, murderously if Liam was in her bed. That was, like, so stupid of him to ask that. Yeah. It is. And, and you're a bad? Oh, you idiot. I think he's just worried because, well, she did lead it up to like. I was, she, I'm scared to see Liam again. Yeah. Okay. And he is so obsessed with her that uh-huh. he's like, is he in your bed? Yeah. Violet tells him no and that it shouldn't matter to him. Violet's comforted that the thought of Zayden being jealous. Zayden relaxes and tells her that she can't really consent right now under Tarn's influence. It would be fine if he she were consenting. Violet attempts to object, but another weight of need nearly brings her to her knees. Zayden holds her by the waist and asks her why she's not shielding. She tells him she hasn't had the classes yet. She's like, I haven't been taught how to yet, so I'm not going to try. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, she's such a rule follower. But not all the time. Mm-mm. Like, she does have these Picks impulses. and chooses. And, like, I mean, I'm like that, too. I see a lot of myself in Violet, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like that, too, where, like, there's some things I'm like, I have to do this by the book. Then there's some things I'm like, I'm just going to go. Yeah, just whatever. Zayden declares he'll give her a crash course. Violet seems shocked that he is going to help her. Zayden points out that he has been helping her out for months. Surprise. This, this has been an Constant. ongoing conversation since what a third through the book and we're halfway through yeah just like all the time yeah they don't they don't resolve anything violet's not that bright apparently (laughs) more in second book though i have to say yeah we'll get into it when we get into it um well i I would be that way too (laughs) i love how you're you're admitting you're like i'm not very bright i'm violent because every time we're like she's not very bright you're like i would be the same way yeah yeah Anyway, I think I don't take events to it. I know it's true. <laughs> I I have like my strengths. Yeah, 
I think you're very bright. God gave, made me this way because he didn't want me to be evil. I, I understand. I'm the same. How fluff flew off of my sweatshirt I as I sneezed. Fluff. <laughs> Violet argues that everything he did was in his best interest. As they come closer, Zayden tells her they are not fighting, and if she wants help with shielding, she'll ask him nicely. Violet bl- blurts out, if he's always been this tall. That's also me. <laughs> Have you always been this tall? Zayden states that he was a child at some point. They continue bickering before Violet states, Violet says, would you pretty, pretty please teach me how to shield before I accidentally climb you like a tree and we both wake up with regrets? <laughs> Zayden cups her face and tells her to close her eyes. Oh, we missed this part because I don't, I must have not wrote it, and I thought I did. He's like, "Oh, I'm in full, I'm in full capacity. Oh, yeah. Like I'm perfectly fine. It's you that's out of control." But he no, he doesn't say it wouldn't happen. He just says, "Oh, it's yeah, yeah. I'm in, I'm in, I'm fully capable." He's like, "If I wanted, I would." Zayden cups her face and tells her to close her eyes. Violet asks if touching her is necessary. Zayden says it's not, but it's one of the benefits of not thinking clearly because she has incredibly touchable skin. (laughs) He tells her to envision a place that feels like home. Violet imagines the archives. Nerd. (laughs) Then he teaches her how to visualize locking everything out. Zayden tells her that when she feels like it's locked, that she can open her eyes. It might take a couple of times, but he'll walk her through it again. Violet tells him that she can't hear or feel anything. Zayden points out how amazing that is since it took him weeks to learn how to shield. Zayden is still touching her head, and he tells her that touching her was a bad idea. Yeah, how did he not see it coming? If he's in full control, he's like, damn it, she does have really touchable skin. Really touchable skin. <laughs> that is the best compliment that Zayden will ever give her throughout the entire... Other than Tamlin, though. Your <laughs> hair looks... Clean. <laughs> Violet agrees that it is the worst idea. Zayden asks her if it would be a cataclysmic mistake to kiss her. Violet agrees that it would be, but they don't make a move to back away from each other. Zayden tells her they will both regret it. Violet agrees. Zayden says, f*** it, and kisses her. I love those scenes. It's like a romance trope. Mm-hmm. The f*** it. Like, at this point in this book, I was like, give <sighs> They make out for a minute, and Zayden pulls away from her looking panicked. Violet is struggling to catch her breath when Zayden tells her she has to leave. Violet asks why. Zayden tells her that he refuses to act on desire that isn't hers, and he can't leave her alone outside, so she needs to have mercy on him and go inside. Violet leaves, realizing that Zayden was right, but feeling embarrassed that she didn't come to that conclusion on her own. All she wants to do is go back down the stairs, even if it is a mistake. Violet states that tomorrow is going to suck. There's also during this scene, so it's snowing, and there's something like while she's kissing him, she's like, is there a snowstorm happening? Mm-hmm. And I just, I noted that. She talks about this. Mm-hmm. So, And also her hair is down. That should be. Her hair is down. Her hair is down. And that's a certain somebody's weakness. We'll find out later. I wonder who's. <laughs> Y'all use your context clues. Chapter 23. The most worrisome sight for any instructor is most definitely when powers backfire. We lost nine cadets my first year to signets that could not be controlled from their first manifestation. Pity. Major, a friend is guide to the writer's quadrant. Unauthorized edition. Unauthorized edition. That kills me every single time. I, I'm just like, what does it mean? <laughs> 
How was it unauthorized? You weren't supposed to write it, Major Ofendra. <laughs> Nobody was supposed to see it. Writes it, publishes it. Is that the signing? No one's coming to the table. <laughs> Someone finally comes. It's Major Ofendra's superior. superior. And they're like, you weren't supposed to write all this down. You, you have to you leave. You can't publish it. You can't monetize off of this. How did Major Ofendra's like, crap. My question is, why did he write it? How did Violet get it? <laughs> does, it, it does Violet have it? It might be Jasenia that finds it. Jasenia. Jasenia oh, has that's, everything. That's, that's right. It's Jasenia. Jasenia wrote the book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe we blame her more. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. We're going to start blaming Jasenia. I also, love her. Is but... it weird that Jasenia. Do you know what just occurred to me that really shouldn't have? Is it weird that Jacinia wrote the book, but it's in Violet's perspective? Can we talk about that for a minute? Well, the parts, other parts have been uh, from Iron Flame where it like written from like her journal or letters. So like, it wouldn't be shocking. Like this is from Violet's point of view. But Jacinia is like, she's my bestie. I know what she's thinking and feeling. <laughs> and then it's this stupid uh, <laughs> That's Jasenia's interpretation of Violet. <laughs> she, she, sits, beautiful she, she sits with her pen and she's like, how would Violet sound? <laughs> and she just start writing and she gives it to Violet, <laughs> who may or may not be alive. In this scenario, she's alive. And she's like, okay, I wrote the book of your life. And Violet's like, what the f***, Jasenia? <laughs> I was not like that. And Jasenia's like, kind of were <laughs> except in sign <laughs> you, <laughs> you kind of were <laughs> that's it zane's like everything in this book is zane's accurate like, <laughs> zane's like everything's right except you gave me zero personality <laughs> and she's like do you have one like i besides you know. violet and marked one he thinks about it for a minute. He's and like, Rhiannon's like, no. I love the way you write me. I love this. This is amazing. Dane's like, why am I whiny? As he whines. Dane's like, you made me an asshole. She's like, oh, you are one. I think you need to look in the mirror. She signed that. Um, imagine me singing. Like, it all makes sense now. <laughs> Y'all, I'm going to stop complaining. I'm going to start blaming Jasenia more, but also <laughs> thinking it's funny if it's from Jasenia. Because who else would write their best friend, like, this way? That makes so much more sense. <laughs> I'm so glad that we, we've come to the conclusion that that's why. Does that make you, Jasenia Payton? Would you write us that way? <laughs> no, because y'all aren't boy crazy. Katie, I would write that way. I'm glad we came to this conclusion. I know. Anyway. Oh, whose turn is it? It's still Reba's, but anyway, unauthorized edition. Was this book authorized? Jasenia, was this book authorized? Where did you find it? Violet's like, I'm not signing off on this shit. Jasenia's like, it's too late. It is published. You signed the paper three years ago. You had no idea. (laughs) Idiot. (laughs) Later into the next day, Violet tells Rhiannon about the kiss. Rhiannon asks if she is having second thoughts. Violet says it makes everything weird. Rhiannon agrees, saying that they'll be stuck around each other for the rest of their lives. She then asks if they have talked about next year when Zayden graduates, and Violet says no. The two discuss the logistics of Zayden and Violet flying back and forth to be near each other. Violet points out they will need Zayden on the front line since he's the most powerful rider of their generation. Rhiannon says, for now. I will say, like, I was so excited for that dynamic. Mm-hmm. in future books 
like them having to go back and forth and figure it out, which I didn't know where the relationship would be yeah. at that point. But it was something like I was looking forward to. For whatever reason, I was like, that'll be fun. And it wasn't as fun as we wanted I, it to be. I'm trying not to reveal my actual um, thoughts yeah. on the outcome of that. But mm-hmm. it happened in a way. Violet wants to question her about this, but there's a knock on the door from Liam. Rhiannon tells them they'll be out in a minute. They discuss Liam being dedicated then, and Rhiannon says she has some exciting news too. Rhiannon tells Violet to watch to watch a book on her desk. Oh, okay. I was very confused. <laughs> Rhiannon Look tells- at that book. <laughs> Look at that one right there. <laughs> Rhiannon tells Violet to watch a book on her desk. Violet obliged... Obli- mm. Obliges. Yes. Violet obliges only to see the book disappear. Yeah, disappears. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. My subject and my verb, they just don't always agree. When Violet looks back at Rhiannon, and Rhiannon is holding the book, Violet's like, did I blink really slow? Like, what happened? <laughs> Rhiannon tells her she guesses she can summon things now. Violet and Rhiannon get excited because that is a career-making signet power. And honestly, out of all the signets I hear about, I, I might want that one. Yeah, it's a cool one I to can have. never find my sh- do I have to know where the thing is? I don't know. Like, in Harry Potter, I was like, my favorite spell is Accio. <laughs> so that I can find stuff. The girls join Liam, and they walk to class. Liam hands Violet a small figurine he made of Tarn. After she thanks him, Liam turns to Rhiannon, saying he's going to start on her dragon. Vierg? <laughs> Vierg? Vierg, next. That's the dragon I got in the dragon quiz I made, or I took. And I was like, I don't know how to say that. Violet spots Zayden and N intense discussion with the other wing leaders. Their eyes meet briefly before Zayden looks behind her and tenses up. Dane calls out to Violet, seeming out of breath, running after her. He asks if they can talk. My gosh. Violet tells him that he was the one ignoring her first, and now she has to get to class. Dane states that they have time, and he pleads with her. Violet agrees and tells Rhiannon to go ahead. Dane and Violet step away from the crowd of the other students. And then he blurts out that Violet didn't let him look at her memories, but she let Tarn do it. You let me do it, but you let your big bad dragon do it. It's already in your mind. Yeah. Violet is at first mad that he's trying to confront, confront her about this still. But then she notices him shifting his weight nervously and realizes that he's hurt by her actions, not mad. I mean, okay, I understand being friends with someone for a really, like, since childhood, Mm -hmm. where you just have some leniency there. But also, she knows that that's his nervous tale, that he'll shift his weight uncomfortably. And this is one of those scenes where, like, I really needed more of their backstory of their friendship to justify her being, you know, more lenient towards him. I completely agree, because I feel like... I think the writing, would they villainized Dane too quickly. And if you would have had their backstory, you would have understood maybe why, why or where he's coming from. For me, it's just like Violet being understanding at times. Doesn't make because sense. Because she like blames like who he was and who, who they are as friends and everything. And I'm like... But I didn't see all that. So I don't So it know. doesn't justify it for me. I'm just like, Violet, you idiot. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I needed a little bit more. I don't love a flashback, but I needed somehow a little bit more. Well, like and even I, know, just, I know we talked about that, too. Even just like a story of them as kids. Yeah. Like something where you can see how that, mm-hmm. how their dynamic worked when they were kids. 
He goes on to explain that she didn't trust him even when she was being attacked. Violet tells him he never asked about what was going on. He just kind of made assumptions, you know, and told her, gaslit her, saying, oh, that's not what really happened. Oh, yeah. Amber didn't do that. No way. Yeah. Like, Which we get being in denial, and you got to also understand, he slept with her. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, this is your best friend who you're telling to trust you, and she is telling you this horrible thing that happened to her, mm-hmm. and you were just not hearing her out. Yeah. Just denying everything she has to say, and then blaming this other guy who helped her. Mm-hmm. Like it's a it's a sticky situation, and also Amber had some <laughs> jealousy of them. I'm guessing is why she part of the reason she did this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he repeats his question about why she didn't tell him all this, and she tells she informs him that this was a long time coming. He didn't think she was strong enough to believe her. And she didn't even want to tell Zayden about Amber because she knew Dane wouldn't believe her. So why should Zayden? So she just like, because of her relationship with Dane, she just figured that would happen. Like Zayden would be on the same page of Mm -hmm. like, oh, that didn't happen. Yeah. Because she's so used to people shooting her down. And then she was kind of shocked that he was just like, okay, I'll take care of it. You know? Uh, Dane points out that Zayden was the one to kill the others in her bedroom. I don't know why that's important right now, my dude. Violet tells him that was because Tarn told Sigal, not because he was already there, and she understands that he still hates Zayden. So his concern is just like, why was Zayden already in your bedroom? Yeah. He wasn't already there, you noob. He interrupts. Noob. (laughs) I knew you were going to say something. I'm tired of calling everyone stupid and idiots. Yeah. He interrupts, reminding her that she should also hate Zayden. But Violet states she's well aware that Zayden's dad, (laughs) Zayden's dad, shot Brennan with an arrow through the chest, according to the battle documents and everything. But her mom killed Zayden's dad. So it's it's even, and it's also really complicated, considering their situation now. Dane reaches the conclusion that she trusts Zayden more than him. I'm glad he's finally getting there. Yeah. I don't know if she's there yet. She's there as far as she tr- she does trust Zayden more than Dane. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if she knows that. It's kind of... I don't think she does. I think this is start- where she starts to realize. But also, it's not a... I mean, it's not that shocking when you realize what all Dane... Like, if Dane were to sit there and look in the mirror and realize mm-hmm. everything he's said and done, that, oh hey, I haven't been my best as a supportive Mm -hmm. best friend. Yeah. Or possible boyfriend. He should have been stepping up his game instead of what he was doing. Uh Uh-huh. Violet tells him that's not true. That's not true. But she does have to trust Zayden a little bit. She doesn't have a choice. I mean, their dragons are bonded to each other, which makes them bonded to each other. There has to be that there. Yeah. Dane doesn't deny this. Violet tells him that she knows he's only trying to protect her, but it's keeping her from growing. And I really love this, like, whole scene because mm-hmm. of, like, her finally standing up for herself to him. Well, she's she's had her standing up yeah. to him. Because yeah. I, I keep adding them in yeah. here. I think the thing is that you we keep having to do this, and she keeps having to stand up for herself to Dane. Because we need Dane to look really, really bad so that Zayden can look halfway decent. 
Dana wise Aiden gets a free pass since he moved Liam in just to be her bodyguard. Violet points out there are 30 unbonded cadets and she can't die or Zayden dies. An excerpt from the chapter. Dane tenses like a statue, only the muscle in his jaw ticking before he eventually leans forward and whispers, Look, you don't know everything there is to know about Zayden by. I have a higher security clearance due to my signet, and you need to be careful. Zayden has secrets. Reasons? to never forgive your mother and i don't want him to use you to get his revenge my hackles rise there's a sliver of truth in what he's saying but i don't have time to focus on the confusion that is zayden right now one screwed up relationship out of time me i narrow my gaze at dane as dane shuffles his feet again a kernel of suspicion growing in my chest wait did you keep begging me to leave basgaith because you didn't think i could survive here or because you were trying to keep me away from Zayden. I shake my head before he can answer. You know what? It's irrelevant. And I mean it. You only want to keep me safe. I appreciate that. But it stops now, Dane. Zayden is tied to me because of Segal. Nothing more. I do not need protection. And if I do, I've got two badass dragons who have my back. Can you respect that? He reaches up to cup my cheek. And I hold his gaze, determined for him to understand he either starts valuing my choices or we are never going to fix our friendship all right bye his eyes crinkle at the sides as his mouth turns into a half smile how can i argue with someone who has two badass dragons and like all of their conversations and like this where like she thinks he has come to an understanding she like tells him off thinks they come to an understanding and then just cycles back well no what she's thinking in that moment is that she's not going to put up with him not Mm -hmm. agreeing and so he has no other choice but to because we know what his signet power is Mm -hmm. dane he's like an enigma but also he's not that bright he's not that bright that's why him and violet are best friends and he's not very bright he's very pretty evidently he's very pretty like if he wasn't compared to zayden (laughs) if he was zane i mean zane if he was um anybody other than dane i would have his picture on my fridge like caitlin and i like the k-pop stars uh, (laughs) Uh, but he is he's dane so violet agrees with what he says and then he drops his hands to her shoulders and tells her she needs to head to class does he ever actually touch her face in that scene it said he moves to cup her face. Did he do it? Yeah, he cupped her face. Okay. That's, that's why he agrees is because she's like, I'm not going to put up with him doing this anymore. Like, he's going to mm-hmm. have to get over it. And that's when he starts to smile and he's like, okay, fine. Okay. How can I argue with you? Because he knows that he can't. Because in that moment, she's like, you're not going to do this to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's your turn. It's my turn. Okay, let me find where I'm at. Here I am. Here I am. Okay. They part ways as Violet walks into Professor Carr's class. Professor Carr asks if she has shown any signs of her power yet. Violet tells him, no, not yet. And then from the book, it's a little section. I see. He clucks his tongue, glancing over at me. You know your siblings were both gifted by extraordinary signet powers. Mira's ability to manifest a ward around her and her squad has been an absolute asset to her wing. And she's been highly decorated for her valor behind enemy lines. Yes, Mira is an inspiration. I force a smile more than 
more than aware of my sister's prowess on the battlefield. And Brennan, he looks away. Mentors are so very rare, and to lose one so young was tragic. I think losing Brennan is the tragedy. I hefted my satchel up higher on my shoulder. But the loss of his signet was a definite blow to the wings. Hmm. He blinks twice and turns his chilling gaze back on me. Well, it seems the Soringale line is blessed, even in a writer as, well, delicate as you are. With Tarn having chosen you, we'll expect nothing but an earth-shattering signet from you. Take a seat. You can at least start with the lesser magics through your relic, he waves me off. No pressure, I mutter, as I as we walk to obviously empty places in the line with the rest of our squad. Professor Carr can get He can get Yeah. Go in the ass. Like, okay, first off, the comment about Brennan. Mm-hmm. Didn't love. Mm-hmm. And then talking about how weak she is. I mean I'm like, okay, she can't help that. Like yeah. make fun of something else about her. Goodness. Like the first time we see obviously we know that Professor Carr is a bastard. The first time we see him, he's like uh killing a person, so <laughs> he's snapping a, a cadet's neck. So I mean we know he's not the best. Mm-hmm. He's not immaterial. <laughs> Ariel. <laughs> but anyway, Rhiannon tells her not to stress out. That's what she'd been, what she'd been trying to remind Violet earlier. Tarn picked her. Violet asks what she means. Rhiannon explains that Zayden isn't the most powerful writer for their generation. Violet is. I said Rhiannon is such a good bestie. I hope we see more of her. I have read Iron Flame, and there we go. Her saying this to Violet. First off, it's kind of laughable. <laughs> just like how much we made fun of Violet and her just not knowing things and people having so many expectations on her. I'm like, is she the girl that like so many other people kind of hate on the side? Cause like people just talk her up and they're like, what makes her so special? She's just a good, she's like a Horatio character. And I, y'all know I love a good Horatio mm-hmm. character, but like she's a badass on her own. She's supportive to her friends She's a good leader, but she's not, like, yeah, jealous or yeah. anything. She's just, I mean, she's there to support the main character, mm-hmm. but also is a good person in their own right. I think I was just so stuck on, like, her faults and her not, like, seeing things at this point. And I was like, Rhiannon, why, why you gotta tell her, her, her why you gotta say that? Yeah. <laughs> You're the best of our generation. <laughs> like, don't inflate her ego right now. She's not... <laughs> She's not worth it. She doesn't understand. She's stop trying. <laughs> All right. One month later. I read that, that as one month <laughs> later. No. I wrote it. Oh, I applaud you because it's funny. <laughs> um, I keep in mind, I'm writing these extra long chapters. And to have a month long time skip. In, in the, the middle, middle of, of this chapter. of this chapter is so annoying to me. Okay, I have a comment here, but I'm not talking about that right now. I because I just had a better one, and that is me personally while reading. If I get to a new chapter and it says one month later, I am more likely to close the book and put it down for a minute. If I'm still in the middle of a chapter. I want to finish the chapter. So even if it says one month later, I am more likely to go on. I don't like the one month later thing anyway. I mean, you can p- 
put that time has passed in another way. Like what? Like what? Like I'm saying, oh, well, we just had our next round of battle things. Because they've okay, already yeah. established, yeah. like, the time frame of how the schooling is set mm-hmm. up. Or you can have, like, what time is it? Is it, like, March? It's, like, January to February. Mm-hmm. And so it could just be, like we we had the new year has come and gone or so you know something like that like mm-hmm. there there's one ways later. huh it's kind of like jarring when one month later you're like whoa whoa how did we get here how did we get here okay, again but um <laughs> i think like i don't like time jumps in general mm-hmm. and then whenever i like started writing and everything not started writing i started writing a long time ago but whenever i was like writing fantasy and stuff actually writing anything and i needed time to pass i was like okay i understand why authors have to do this right now because if i have a book that takes place over like me writing the dark one for example that's a school year Mm -hmm. that's nine ten months Mm -hmm. like i need time to pass Mm -hmm. so we don't see like every moment of every day yeah so figuring out how to do that in a way that doesn't, you know, jar readers mm-hmm. is just something that you got you got to be comfortable in as but, a writer. But you also do like you do it as like I remember in yours it kind of goes along with the holidays. Like you, yeah, you, you can mark it That's with how the holidays. I naturally mark things in yeah. my life, so I'm not sad all the time. <laughs> so. <laughs> like okay what holiday is next yeah and so that kind of gives you an idea Mm -hmm. you get the weather changing you can Mm -hmm. have you know we know these uh special events happen on certain Mm -hmm. at certain times and you can make sure that your readers understand that and then that can be Mm -hmm. how you kind of measure out how Mm -hmm. how long things have passed and I don't think it was like a heavily conscious thought of her skipping a month at a time you know it was just like okay we need to move on but here we are now (laughs) but it just feels like a uh like a montage scene it is interesting because it's like this section of the book the chapters that we're covering these next couple episodes where we are jumping yeah time because like i feel like the first part of the book was just like the beginning of the of the school year school year and then that last part's going to be all of those events that happen over the course of like 24 hours that stuff is happening but so you got to have time pass Mm -hmm. and this is just how Rebecca decided to do it for whatever reason (laughs) it's just it's just not how you want to write things I guess because it's like one month uh I spent this month doing this this and this and that's literally how it's wrote in the book and I just it's not a very good way of telling the story in my opinion i need to i think whenever i like reread some books like rereading the throne of glass series Mm -hmm. like trying to note which i don't know as far as time jumps how often that happens in those books just trying to note like how other writers do it yeah because i noticed i think in another fantasy book i read like back in august where there was like a time jump of like training yeah. And suddenly, you know, the I'll make a man out of you scene we skipped, which I don't love reading training, but it was just like so abrupt. Yeah. And uh, it kind of, it threw you out of yeah. the, the flow just of a it. A delicate way to do it. And I think it's just, it's, ex- it's hard to do. It is hard to do, but it's a, it's a experience. It's not like a movie or a show, like a visual 
yeah thing where you can show the montage mm-hmm. i don't mind it as much in movies and shows i mean mm-hmm. i don't love it but, but it's also, easier to do but also if you're doing like the training thing you can do like oh well i want you to be at this level by this you know by mm-hmm. the full moon or something you know mm-hmm. and then you get to the full moon and you mm-hmm. know okay this much time has passed or a general rough idea of how much mm-hmm. time has passed my only comment to add is that if I remember correctly, when I was reading this book, that kind of thing, like, drew me out of the story for a split second. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's my problem with it, is that it, it just doesn't go with the flow of a story. And my thing, as I stated, was them all happening kind of close together, mm-hmm. like, irks me. Because I've read other books where it's like every other chapter we have a month or two passing. And I'm like, yeah. can, I, can I stay in place for a minute? Yeah. It's just, it's not a good way to get the story because I feel like even I do not care how much time has passed as long as I'm still within the storyline and I don't know there's a way to make it flow and that's just it that it it's it's a craft she needs to work on is what I'm getting at so back to the notes unless we have more comments on I wonder if we're the most critical fourth wing podcast you know (laughs) Probably not. Probably not. There's a potential that we're ranking in there, but I don't know if I saw a video on my YouTube recommended that was like two hours long and it was like all the things wrong with Fourth Wing. And I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna watch this, but as far as everything we've covered, I usually have a really close attachment to the characters. I usually, uh, you know, we started this off with Twilight, and although I know there is many, 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 many problems with that, there was a nostalgia piece of like, oh, this brings me back to my 13-year-old self. You know, Shiver is one of my all-time favorite young adult books. Uh, Beautiful Creatures is the same way. Akatara, I absolutely loved. So this is the first time I ever had to like, I mean, and I enjoyed the story, don't get me wrong, but it was just like, I, I saw more errors in it and I don't know if that's just me getting older or me having to write notes on something that I'm not just absolutely in love with yeah so there that might be why I'm so critical of it because I feel like it has such potential to be Mm -hmm. good and then there's just so many things that takes you out of it I mean I loved it I still love it like it's still one of my topics of 2023 yeah I mean but I can see the plots I can see flaws in like every book I love yeah is it like all of my five stars I'm like yeah I could have done without that we've talked about silver flames and I'm like okay yeah plot she wasn't plotting she was not she plotting. wasn't plotting she was not but plotting. like other things just kind of or even like the experience mm-hmm. or what it did for me just like outweighs mm-hmm. any flaws that I say and that's how fourth wing I'm like the experience of reading it just outweighs like the flaws. oh yeah and you know with that being said, if we were to have covered Silver Flames on this podcast, I would have so many more critiques than I do a fourth wing. We would be here for a very long we time. We would be here for a very <laughs> long time. Actually arguing all the because time. Because SJM, I know, knows how to write a good story. I know she knows how to do plot. I know she knows how to do this, this, and this. Because she's done it. And Silver Flames is one of the last books she's put out i mean it's not but it's you know like the third from the last she's done counting the crescent city three counting crescent city three that hasn't come out yet yeah well it'll be out by the time this comes out i think or should be close to it's close um yeah 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 so i know she knows how to do 
I know she's capable of writing a I'm really, really good story. with any of the... Okay, some of the stuff... Gosh, why are we talking about Silver Flames? Some of the stuff <laughs> in Silver Flames, like, it, it's not really forgivable. <laughs> like, Reese and Vera and their whole situation, I we can't go back on that. That's just... But also, that was from uh, Nesta and Cassian's point of view. Yeah. So... There's that. But some of the, like, plot stuff, I'm wondering if future books Mm -hmm. kind of help fill in some of those gaps and some of those holes. Maybe. But some of it is just... It's going to be nothing to me because I don't remember anything. And some of it's just plain writing mistakes. But not necessarily Silver Flames. It was... Frost and Starlight bridging Silver Flames. You also got to think, whenever she was writing Silver Flames, (laughs) whenever she was writing Silver Flames, I believe she was pregnant so yeah i'm uh, not gonna blame that that was, a woman can do anything whenever she's pregnant like that, that was my joke though was that she w- had such bad pregnancy brain she forgot to add the plot in it some places and uh, <laughs> but anyway but also, i don't think the priority of that book was but she had to be writing another book while she's pregnant because she has two kids doesn't she yeah It'd be interesting we're gonna look that up later okay. probably Carson said three <laughs> y'all <laughs> hold on to your butts <laughs> Lord help. Okay. The next Akatar is going to be fire. <laughs> Unless it's Elaine and Asriel. Anyway. Then it's going into the fire. <laughs> and then the stuff you will post about it will be... <laughs> no, because do not speak it to existence. No. I will cry. Not in a good way. Okay, so we have the time skip getting off of SJM. We have the time <laughs> skip, and we have uh, Violet's montage. She's in the process of practicing her shield, studying, lifting weights, and training. She's also mad at Zayden, who hasn't bothered to talk to her since they kissed. Then she bitches about not having her signet powers yet but lists her squad's powers. You said she bitches, but I would be bitching too. I mean, I would be too. <laughs> Um, she, uh, like, is starting, f- <laughs> she's starting to feel the like symptoms of not having her mm-hmm. powers. Hit. She's like, I'm going to die tomorrow. That's <laughs> what she's talking. That's why, what I mean about bitches. Like, she's just like, I didn't know if you were annoyed after the one month later. I, w- I was a little annoyed, but no, I didn't mean it. Like she's being annoying. I mean, she has a right to bitch. Just, it's just the just word. Justifyingly. Yeah. So Riddick uh can wield ice it's a pretty common uh gift to have sawyer has metallurgy which he can bend metal and then liam has extreme sight extreme 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 uh you know that's my second place one that i would want yeah (laughs) he can see from really far away that's why he's so good at making those little figurines so that whenever i'm on the playground and they're like, what kid is by the fence? And I'm like, I think they're blonde. <laughs> I can be like, oh, it's so-and-so. I, you know, I have two kindergartners who are both blonde-haired, blue-eyed boys. And I have a, I don't know what this is, but I have trouble distinguishing blonde kids sometimes. Oh, it, there's like certain groups of kids where I'm like, it could be any of them. Yeah, like, there, there's a thing that like, you know, I can distinguish pretty much any kind of thing any kind of other kid but blonde haired blue eyed children it just it has never been able i've never been able to get them right in my head i am i am prejudiced against blondes i apologize (laughs) but uh well i'm not blonde anymore (laughs) your hair is the color of the sun but they uh (laughs) the sun 
popped out because we're in the middle of a winter uh, storm. Apocalypse. <laughs> storm watch. And uh, the sun popped out and Kaylin's like, do I look like an angel? And I was like, always. It was right up on me. But anyway, the fighting challenges have also started up again. And that would have been a fine example of how to start yeah, how it. how to move the story on. How to move the story on because it says like, a couple of chapters back oh they've paused the challenges for us to get used to it and we won't be doing any fighting challenges for four weeks mm-hmm. or for six weeks or something like, like that we all have gotten to this point fighting challenges have started yeah i see what you're saying yeah Hi, Re- rebecca <laughs> like you set just it up <laughs> and then just, just sing <laughs> She's like, what the f*** do these writers do? <laughs> um, one month later. Uh, she's like, I she's read, like, man, bo- I gotta get this book in. <laughs> she's like, I read books for a living, not write them. <laughs> Violet is pleasantly surprised she has been holding her own. When she sneaks out to look at the fighting list of the next for the next day, she finds her name next to Jack Barlow. She freaks out thinking he is going to kill her on the mat. Tarn points out that he is going to try... When Violet asks for advice, Tarn simply states, don't let him. Just don't let him kill you. Easy. And Tarn, I love Tarn. The next morning on the way back from the library, Violet asks Liam if he, if she told him something in confidence, would he go babbling to Zayden? Babbling. Blabbing. (laughs) Like a brook. (laughs) Babbling. Blabbing to Zayden. Liam finds her thinking insane, but Violet argues that she already knows he reports everything she says or does to Zayden. She says she's not stupid. I say that's debatable. I love how Liam just like takes great offense. He's like, what? Why do you think me? I'm the perfect angel. And she's like, (laughs) Liam tells her that Zayden just worries. (laughs) Liam is there to help alleviate the worries. My guy worries. I'm here to help him out. <laughs> He's secretly in love with you. I'm just here to report I everything. Bet, like here. Zayden's like, okay, how was it today? How's Violet? And Liam's like, fine, good. Like whenever you ask a kid, like how was how was your day? <laughs> and they're like, okay, what'd you do today? I don't know. I don't know. That's Liam and Zayden. <laughs> and Zayden's like, no, I need more. You were supposed to be her bodyguard. Like, like I guarded. That doesn't mean I have to. Tell you everything. I'm not your owl, as yeah. Hermione Granger says. Yeah. Owl. I'm not your owl. Violet rephrases and asks if they were actually friends or if she's just an assignment to him. Damn. Liam asks if he, him keeping the secret would affect her safety. Violet tells him the outcome is the same regardless. Liam states that they're friends and promises to keep whatever secret to himself. Violet tells him that Jack is going to challenge her today. Liam asks how she knows that. Violet explains that's why it has to be a secret. How do you know that? That's why you can't tell Satan. Your turn. Liam panics, <laughs> saying the instructors would pit Violet against Jack. Violet disagrees and informs him that when she does come face to face with Jack, Liam cannot step in. Liam says that they can tell Zayden and put a stop to it, but Violet doesn't want him to. She can't rely on Zayden all the time, but he doesn't need to worry. She states she has a plan while tapping a little vial in her pocket. I have a plan. <laughs> it's 
a little plan in my pocket. <laughs> I, I have a little plan in my pocket. <sighs> Violet doesn't bother with breakfast, but looks at Jack's plate and notices what is absent from it. Then she walks into the gym. The instructor calls out Jack and Violet. Violet notes that Rhiannon and Sawyer have challenges of their own going on, so the only two to see her are Riddick and Liam. The color drains from Liam's face, and he asks if he can go back on his promise. Violet, I love how he just didn't think that she would, uh, that she was serious. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, like, oh, you, you really meant it. Okay. <laughs> She's like, I told you I had a plan in my pocket. <laughs> I wasn't just saying that. She's like, you should have checked my pocket. <laughs> and she's like, you know what? Things are still kind of weird after that incident a month ago. So maybe don't get that close to my pockets. <laughs> have you ever had to pull anything out of somebody else's pocket? <laughs> yes, I hate it every time. My boss makes me something. She's like, get, and I'm like, Kim, this like, is- I don't want to touch any part of you. Violet states that Zayden is likely not going to get there in time. But for Liam's own peace of mind, he can try finding him. He just has to leave now. Liam turns to Riddick, telling him to guard Violet like he would. Riddick jokes about Liam's height and build, but says he got he's got her and tells Liam to run. As Jack and Violet step into the ring, Violet asks Torn through their connection that if it's just a theory, the whole if she dies, then everyone dies. Tarn tells her it's not a theory he wants put to the test. They start the fight, Jack with one knife and Violet with her daggers. Jack and... <laughs> Jack attempts killing blows. When Riddick points us out, the teacher just tells Jack to stop. Hey, Jack, stop. 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 Don't. It's like uh, that oh. one time Mr. Uh, was was watching the commons and a fight broke out between two girls. <laughs> and Mr. is a germaphobe and he doesn't touch anybody. And so he was standing. He made sure stop. that... He made sure the table was in between him and the two girls fighting. He said, now, ladies, y'all need to stop this. Stop. It's time to stop. I that don't is- remember this. <laughs> I was there it, for was, that. it was so funny because he was so deadpan and so over it. See, I'm always just like. Jack has his arm locked behind her. Violet knew she was caught, but then she remembers if she does. Die. It, oh. If, if she, she dies. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> but then she remembers if she dies. So does Zayden. So she pops her arm out of her socket, letting herself free. Violet kicks him in the balls and then holds a knife to him, telling him to tap out. He refuses and throws a knife at her. Violet blocks it, but the knife lands in her forearm. Jack then starts hitting and kicking her. He gets his hand around her face and starts using his powers, which seem to be causing her intense pain. Quoted from the book, His sadistic grin and a red rim around his eyes are all I can see as he forces more and more power into my body. But his hands are occupied and he's too obsessed with his victory to hear that I've stopped screaming to see that I'm moving. He's using his powers, Riddick roars, and from the corner of my decreasing vision, I see movement on both sides. I shove the vial against Jack's smile so hard I feel one of his teeth break. Hands reach for us both and I hear Riddick and Materio cry out, jerking their hands- Materio, sorry. (laughs) Jerking their hands away after contact. Whatever Jack is doing is transferring from me to them by touch. My teeth rattle as the pain consumes me, my body fighting to pass out, to escape the unbearable torture, but I refuse to succumb to the darkness until Jack wheezes. His eyes fly impossibly wide and he drops his hands, clutching his own neck as his airway closes. My knees give away, my body still shuddering as I hit the mat, but so does Jack, heaving and clawing at his neck as his face turns purple. Riddick's face is in mine within seconds. Breathe, Sorengale. Just breathe. What the hell is wrong with him? Someone asks as Jack rides. 
Oranges, I whisper to Riddick as my body finally gives out. He's allergic to oranges. I fall into nothingness. Okay. Peyton, what was your note? Okay. So I have mine. That's what I'm checking I, for. I have my evidence. You have it open? Okay. So. Oh, you do? Yeah. Keep we'll going. Keep, keep going. When I wake, I'm not on the mat, and I can tell by the windows of the Healer Quadrant Infirmary that night has fallen. I've been out for hours, and that's not Riddick lounged in the chair next to my bed, glaring at me like he'd like to kill me himself. It's Zayden. <laughs> His hair is tousled like he's been tugging at it, and he's flipping a dagger end over end, catching it by the tip without so much as looking at it before sheathing it as his side. Oranges? Okay, if you go first, because I'll recant my statement. Okay, so the thing with oranges is, well, Peyton was like, I thought it was, was very, mentioned. I thought it was very loose, because yeah. I thought the quote was just, get that away from me, mm-hmm. and he pushed it away. Yeah, so on page 268 in the hardback, whenever they are practicing sparring and everything and he's making his threats and everything this is early chapter 22 which we covered in our last fourth wing episode Mm -hmm. but i did in our recap mention it because whenever i was listening to it the other day i'm like oh this and then i saw your note and i was like it is mentioned it is mentioned i knew it was mentioned i know this in such a way yes so he said about the oranges there's another cadet with offering him the orange yeah and he says get that noxious away from me do you want me to end up in the infirmary so that was the comment okay that you're supposed to be like oh wait a second there's something going on okay i miss the do you want me to end up Mm -hmm. in the infirmary i apologize i recant my statement okay that's why I like mentioned it because I was like, why is she saying that? It was because you were like, what if? Because you, you said like, what if he just doesn't like oranges and she like puts herself in this situation? Okay, see, this is uh, a problem with me reading it the first times. Like I yeah, had that you don't, you don't know. I those had things. that conclusion the first mm-hmm. time because I was like, I remember him saying, "Get that shit away from me," mm-hmm. but that doesn't draw in between mm-hmm. the thing. And I, you know, I might have noted it the second time and then forgot mm-hmm. about it because it's been a month since or two months since we talked yeah. about it. And that's why, like, me listening to it and having, like, a different reading experience, I think is good for me. And I'm going to start doing that more for the podcast. Yeah, because it makes. Yeah. Because you can hear it and you're like, oh. Yeah, you just notice different you, things. When you read it, uh-huh. you're rereading. Yeah. So it's just. So we have that clarified. Jack is allergic to oranges. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. I thought it was a smart move, but I just was like, there needed to be a little bit more proof. But if he says, go yeah, to the Violet infirmary. Violet held on to that yeah. singular comment. That singular comment the first time in the whole book. That singular comment and then her noticing on his tray. like He never has oranges. Because she like had that in the back of her mind. And then she looked, she was like, okay, so I guess we can draw this conclusion and she had nothing else to ride on yeah like she was either gonna die or she could try this out like yeah. so that's a me thing i um we I, all do it i don't remember anything so <laughs> so Except for that i'm glad you brought it up because i wanted to make sure i was like wait a minute does it say the infirmary and mm-hmm. so i wanted to make sure because i wasn't gonna you know, this isn't going to be one of those hills I die on that, like, no, this is awful. Also, I've decided that my problem might not with Violet's, because uh, while continuing to read, I'm seeing more and more, like, with her uh, illness or mm-hmm. disease or whatever. And also, come to find out, it might just be that I have some of the symptoms of what she goes through. So... I'm like, this is an everyday thing. Like, what are you talking about? Because, like, my joints are super... 
And I'm just funny. like, no, Peyton, that's not, <laughs> they're not supposed to do that. <laughs> we have this And you're discussion. like, I used to pop my shoulder out of place all the time. All the time. Like, you're like, not supposed <laughs> to be able to do that. <laughs> so it's just, uh, so that's just, it was such a common occurrence to me that I didn't uh, see it as a, that being strange, you know? Mm-hmm. So I what apologize. Makes her so special. <laughs> What's so different? Like I don't get it. Like, yeah, your shoulders would pop out of place for that. Like, what are you talking about? My goodness. <laughs> okay. Anyway, to wrap this episode up, <laughs> Violet's in the infirmary. Yes. Zayden is pissed. Sounds like Peyton needs to be in the infirmary. <laughs> Do we see no, this big the cut? The ban. Do That's offensive. See, I'm sorry. Do we see this big cut that I yeah, got? Yeah, you won't literally stop talking nothing. about it, and you're like, I don't know where it came from, and we're like, it could have been this, it could have been this, and you're like, no, <laughs> no, because I had it like as I was getting up, so I don't know what it was. I didn't scratch it. I, it was doing something laying in the floor, but I wouldn't keep bringing it up if it didn't like. I feel it more, and I shouldn't right there, but I do. Anyway, like I said, wrapping it up. Yes, wrapping it up. Wrap, wrap. I got nothing else to say. It's the only way to be safe. Um, He's out. It's out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank y'all so much for listening. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Let's Call It Nothing Pod. Next week, we're going to be talking about chapters 24 and 25. Mm -hmm. How long are those? (laughs) They're pretty long. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Hello. 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 Hello.